on the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Bogeyman Podcast with Johnny and Dave. We are lucky enough to have um, Irish Times journalist Rory Croak, who today, as of Saturday, um, Saturday the 23rd, is th- Rory, you have three articles in the paper today in relation to varying different golf stories and different angles. Uh, all lockdown related. Um, first and foremost, I suppose, to, to give everyone a kind of a flavor as to what they are, you went into how clubs are retaining members that would have come to the clubs because they had nothing else to do in 2020. Um, and then there was a piece, a very good piece around lost golf courses and what happens when a golf course effectively doesn't come out of, of a recession and, and has to close its gates. And then obviously what is the situation with clubs around the country and what they're offering to, um, to their members and, and what's, what's available to them in light of, as we just said off air just before was 19 weeks last year off the course. It'll look like it's probably another 12 to 16 probably this year. But first and foremost, the reaction to the articles before we get into them, what, what was the, what was the feeling when you're actually going around to clubs and, and trying to get information? Um, yeah, it was, um, it was uh, interesting to hear from places, I suppose, it's it's a case at the moment of um, places. A lot of places are seeing a, a kind of slow enough trickle of um, of annual subscriptions, um, just because I suppose for as we know a number of reasons, and I suppose one of the main reasons at the moment, you know, when you think about it, is is asking people to pay for a service that they can't use. Um, so clubs are trying to kind of work around different ways um, of of incentivizing members to rejoin so as we were kind of saying beforehand um you know some clubs are, are you know offering membership maybe till the end of march next year to make up for what um for the months missed in 2020 and other clubs are reimbursing um people uh, not too many are doing that from what i could tell most are kind of going for the you know 14 months for the price of 12 or 15 months for the price of 12 or whatever or as we were discussing during the week as well, that um, some clubs are, aren't aren't doing either, um, and uh, there's there's a lot of kind of unhappy members out there. Um, but at at the same time, like I mean, I think there is an acknowledgement of the fact that it's a really difficult time for any industry, and and golf is no different, and that you know loyal kind of membership at the moment is is more important than ever. So I think you know anyone people from the impression I get from my own golf club and stuff like that as well, that people who are in the position who can um, afford to pay, you know, their membership are, are, are doing so because it's it's obviously important to uh, to support the club and, and avoid any more closures like like we um like I was referencing today as well. Yeah, that that's kind of the get off point. So the wor- worst case scenario for a golf course is that they don't come out of recession and you referenced Jouse Golf Club in your article. Did you get a sense that are, are there many more around the country who are potentially at that point if they if if they don't retain the membership that they brought in or have? 
Yeah, well, I, I suppose um, the, the, the few that, that closed last year, which I was speaking with today, so uh, Castle Barn, uh, so Joust, as you, as you mentioned, um, which was a nine-hole course in Wicklow there, um, Castle Barn and Offaly, Water Rock and Cork, um, Charles Land in Wicklow, and Castle Island and Clorglan in um, in Kerry. So the all of them bar Charles Land closed during the first uh, lockdown, and that was very much a case for all of those clubs. Um, it was very much a case of just um, the person who who the the, the landowner essentially. Um, they're all kind of privately privately owned, um, and the landowner just you know was you know the club was having to still obviously having to pay to maintain the course and pay various other things with absolutely no income coming in and you know the the uncertain outlook meant that that um for castle Barn and, and water rock anyway they were both farms so they're they're going back to, to agricultural use as is castle island um and Calorland then was a little bit different because the members from Castle Island and Calorland amalgamated together to form what's what's now called Main Valley, which is a success story, I suppose, at least out of a club closure and and they're playing um they're playing on the Calorland course, um, but yeah, it's it's I I don't know if if other courses will close, but depending on how this current lockdown goes for courses out there, particularly courses in, in the position of, say, Charles Land, for, for instance, you know, again, owned, that, that land is owned by, um, by a family down there, the Evans family, again, before Charles Land was built in the early 90s, it was, it was farmland. Um, and Charles Land is, oh, initially the, 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 you know, it was quite kind of successful and, and had a lot of members and, and they, they increased their membership last year, their net membership last year by 60. But it's a case of, um, you know, the the bills were kind of just about paying themselves. The 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 club was just about kind of, um, you know, washing their face financially, as they say. And um, continue, the family continually had to put in kind of cash injections into the club, as, as they mentioned in their statement, kind of closed and, you know, it just gets to a stage where, it seemed to kind of get to a stage where it was a case of, you know, we don't particularly need to do this anymore or this isn't really working out. And I, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying it on any uh, um, knowledge or, or, or anything, but I, I would imagine it's, that's, you know, that's very, very prime land on the fringes of grey zones there on the sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not preempting anything at all, but... but um, We can. If it was me, if it was me, I'd be thinking there's a lot more money to be made here from uh, from housing development than a golf course. But you know, I, that's that's um, speculation. speculation, I suppose. Yeah, and that and that was probably pre that was a decision made probably pre COVID. I remember hearing about that um, from a couple of people previous to the announcement that they were probably just saw it as a financially viable piece elsewhere. So. Um, yeah, and then the the second part, I suppose, that we might go into um, was around the huge influx around um, March when we came out of last year. GA wasn't happening. There was no field sports. There was no team sports happening. Gyms were kind of there, thereabouts. Golf was open and tennis was open. Mm-hmm. So what you were getting was a hugely athletically orientated 
clientele coming into golf courses and taking advantage of the three month offers that were all there. Um, where, how are clubs going to like, cause those guys came in on offers and girls came in on offers to get out onto a course and now they can't do that. So mm-hmm. whereas like the likes of the three of us where we're actively probably more actively involved in the sport on, from a, on a permanent basis, we are more inclined to go back to our membership. Now we'll get onto that then in, in a few, in a, in a while. Um, but surely that's a massive worry for those, for those clubs now where that little cash injection that came that sustained the last lockdown is not there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, we obviously don't know at the moment either when kind of team sports will return and I just, nobody, nobody knows anything, but, um, <laughs> golf courses most likely will reopen before those return again. So I do think there's potential maybe for a, a, a bit of a, maybe another kind of mini boom, but just to go, go into what you were saying there. And um, yeah, that is a lot of the worry for places. I, I was speaking to um, uh, uh, Jamie Stafford. He's the, he owns Newbridge golf club and, and operates Newbridge golf club. Um, and he was telling me that, um, you know, they got, good good increase in members last year kind of same stories a lot of places kind of 150 plus and um he um was saying yeah he was saying that it's 2021 is he's kind of positive enough about but it's 2022 as well that a lot of places are maybe a little bit uh, a little bit skeptical about because a lot of courses i know um my own course and, and a lot of other places offered deals kind of summer of last year until the end of 2021 so a lot of people came in on those and um, so obviously they're not paying any annual subscription now um, and you know they've got their membership until the end of this year and then it's a case of will they be ca- will they stay on at, at the end of this year so while the kind of the busyness of timesheets and everything that we saw last year, um, I, I, you know, you'd be hopeful enough we'll continue this year, particularly maybe during the spring if courses free open. It could be next year that um that places are looking at a at a bit of an issue with any sort of drop off membership. But I mean, it should just be noted as well that all in all, like this is a real opportunity for for golf, and a lot of people have said that you know there's more participation in golf now than certainly i can never remember anyway and uh, so you know it is a case of trying to um to capitalize on that so to follow up on that actually so uh, in your article in one of your articles you said that golf Ireland estimated that membership increased by 10 percent last year from talking to the clubs doing your your other article on the deals that they're doing were any of those clubs able to share any kind of estimates or initial numbers on how many new 2020 members have renewed or have expressed interest in renewing um not so much kind of concrete figures but the there is a lot of uh, as i mentioned i suppose in a lot of places it's kind of trickling through like subscriptions are trickling through golf really isn't on the forefront of of a lot of people's minds at the moment and I, i think clubs are really having to get out and kind of you know get on to people and 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 push the book a little bit um, but at, at the same time, like, you know, a couple of places have said to me, like, yeah, that they're, they're getting on fairly well with subscriptions and that they, um, they've had plenty of, um, interest in new memberships as well. So, I mean, I think the impression I get is that a lot of, a lot of people 
started playing golf last year um, or, you know, took it up again last year or whatever, particularly from the, the GAA kind of community seemed to, there seemed to be a big influx in, in clubs from coming from GAA clubs, particularly in, in kind of rural areas. And look, as we all know ourselves, <laughs> you know, golf is fairly, can be quite addictive. And when I, I think when a lot of people kind of got that first taste of it, um, that they've uh, that they, they want to continue on with it. There's a club in in um, Leash uh, Rat Downey Golf Club, who I spoke to a few times last year for a few different pieces, and um, the captain there was telling me that they had quite an influx from the local GA club. They had a lot of Leash hurlers join, and um, they were you know they were really really loving it. They were finding it a uh, a lot more as frustrating as it can be uh, a lot sometimes a lot you know it's not it can be nicer to play i suppose than a than a you know freezing cold soaking wet the uh, training session on the hurling pitch or whatever so a lot of lads you know we're we're finding it as a nice kind of release um from that as well so i i do think again you know that there is a real uh, there is a real opportunity there for clubs yeah, I so where I was then com- coming into what what would happen is that the model of the model of the tradition, traditional club, and um, we've all had it in the last because I think between Blackbush St. Anne's and, and Delgany, they'd be very traditional in terms of how, how they'd operate. Um, so we would have got the letter basically like Christmas, just before Christmas, which is just a very strange time to be getting a letter for your full whack annual membership. Um, I don't know if there was any reference to COVID in any of years or the downtime certainly wasn't in our one. Um, but what I have seen and I haven't spoken to a couple of people who run courses that are on subscription models is that they have seen very, very little drop off in terms of people canceling direct debits. So obviously if you're paying in Dublin, you could be paying average 1,500 euros down the country, five to 700 is probably the average. Um, and certainly down the country, we would have seen it that people are paying on direct debit. So it's only coming out, I suppose, once a month at 50 quid a month and 60 quid. Whereas in Dublin, the, the problem being is that what you're getting is a lot of people getting 200 to 250 in a direct debit at the moment. And they haven't seen sight or light of anything for mm-hmm. four months, probably by the time we really go back. Because the first week before Christmas or last week before Christmas, everything ground to a halt. So from what you've seen, and I know obviously, um, Cargolf was referenced in your piece and they're on the subscription model as well. What is more likely to lead to a a, a sustainable membership level for clubs? Because Johnny and I were talking about this beforehand. I'm not in Dublin for a a decent period of time now uh, due to COVID just to get out of the city or down the country. Um, And you'd really have to be thinking long and hard about the amount of golf we can can get to. And especially if there's an inter-county restriction as we would have seen from Powers Court, Carton House, you mentioned Black Bush. So a lot of courses with a Dublin um, where, where members are, are residents of Dublin, um, but who have to travel outside of the county and they've been told in no uncertain terms that they can't do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose some clubs are somewhat luckier than others. So, again, to reference Newbridge, who, who I was talking to, he was saying to me that um, what they've done is they have changed the calendar year to 
um, rather than January to January, from um, May to May, so the first of May to the first, or yeah, first of May to the first of May. So, and he says they're they're most likely going to stick with that now. And there's a couple of reasons for that, you know, obviously that makes up for time lost last year in terms of lockdowns, but also as he was making the point to me, um, it's a lot easier to uh, to get people to pay for their membership when, you know, the weather is is changing, there's nicer weather, the Masters is on the telly. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot different than asking people to pay membership in January when it's freezing cold, it's wet. Even during normal times, a lot of courses are closed a lot of the time. There's a frost and, and various different things anyway. And then that's exacerbated this year by um, the fact that, you know, we can't, none of us can play golf. So I suppose uh, there's possibly a, a, a clubs could maybe slightly change in, in those terms and, and change the calendar year and kind of, you know, be looking for money from people when the enthusiasm is there a little bit more. But at the same time, um, it's uh, it's I don't think it's that's quite as easy for kind of traditional member run clubs in that it's kind of a lot of bills come in annually, maintenance bills, affiliation bills, stuff like that. Um, Jamie in, in Newbridge was making the point to me that you know he he owns an operates place, so it's it's kind of just kind of affects him more than more than anything. Um, so yeah, uh, I haven't seen too much kind of clubs thinking, you know, kind of left field in, in how they operate or anything. Um, bar, I suppose, maybe that changing calendar years and, and, um, and stuff like that. And there's various different offers as well. You know, you've got obviously most clubs now have an under 35s. Um, you've got a lot of kind of get into golf offers and, and stuff like that. But for the, for the existing member, um, like I suppose any of ourselves, I haven't seen too much, um, I suppose, you know, kind of change in, in the way the structure is is operated. And I don't know, maybe clubs are, are you know, trying to just kind of keeping an eye on things and seeing how 2021 plays out. And, and then, as, as you mentioned earlier, you know, how what kind of happens then in, in 2022 that places might start to, to um, change it up a little bit. Yeah, I just, I couldn't believe that a lot of clubs had stuck to the, to the January 31st pay, pay schedule. I, I just thought that that was such, just missed the tone mm. of things, like because down the country, I suppose I've heard a number of clubs, which all they've done, and, and it makes complete sense, is all they've done is they've kicked back the date, the payment date, to the um the last week of april so people feel in a sense that they're getting the the months for free now yeah. that's just the, the the annual the annual year runs and people are still free to pay if they want to and there's obviously staunch members of clubs who are it's their it's their oh it's their outlet it's where they live it's they live and breathe by the flow um but obviously i, I just think that the, the tone of it was was probably slightly misgiven that it's as an expense it's the most expensive membership that you're going to pay um over your gym a tennis club a bar a couple maybe in total but um and then the the next part was in terms of what you've seen from the incentive the in, and or I suppose the clubs who are highly incentivizing people to to join and to and to, and to stay stay members of um does that sit well with a lot of people in that 
there's a there's a huge incentives for people to join but existing members less so to kind of to, to keep them and, and and give them the same value that a new member gets yeah um yeah that that is one thing that struck me that um uh, even even from my own point of view kind of thinking you know and, and I, like I, I'm, I'm not I'm gonna <laughs> stay loyal to, to where I've been all my life but you know I, I like I've looked around and I've thought you know god I could I could cancel my membership and there's a number of clubs around me here like really good golf courses that I could I join for, like, yeah. far cheaper on a on an introductory offer and you know like a lot of places do I'll, I'll pay a significantly reduced rate this year I'll pay slightly more next year and I won't pay the full fee um until the third year so you know it's there there is a temptation there and and for for a lot of people um I know few members from my own place who've who've left um and have joined who live in Dublin and have joined clubs in Dublin and have have got um have got great deals and you know are probably paying less than they were. Um so there is there does seem to be a disconnect between the really good membership offers that there are out there for new yeah. members, which there are absolutely loads of um Friend of mine came came home from Canada at the start of January last year, and he rejoined Donna Base, um, where uh, his couple of his family are members, and where he'd been a member before, and he got in on an under thirty graduated rate that they were doing that goes up each year. He's paying thirty euro a month, <laughs> like for twenty seven holes, um, of a really good golf course. I play out there with him all the time, and sure, every time I play, I have to pay fifteen euro. So I was half thinking of just joining myself because it's only cost two two rounds in a month. Um, so you know, for for new members, there's spoiled for choice. But I suppose the the existing traditional member, there is that sort of disconnect, and it, I don't know, maybe maybe clubs are just relying on that loyalty, I suppose, which which there is a lot of. And and look, as we said at the start, it is if you know for people who are fortunate enough, maybe who who haven't been too financially affected by the by the pandemic that um that it is more important than ever i suppose to to support your golf club if if you can so i suppose clubs are maybe you know playing on that loyalty a little bit and um you know keeping all the all the really good deals for the uh, for the new members yeah that's interesting because i i would say i'm falling into that category of of golfer at the moment, because so I've a I'm a member in Mount Juliet down in Kilkenny with property there, so that'll always get renewed because well, like we we spend weekends and, and mm-hmm. the holidays there. But so I'm currently a member in Dalgony. But if a county-wide restriction comes in now in the next month or so, I won't be able to get out there. So the big the big thing for me is I have two options of trying to join a club in Dublin, which is although there are plenty of options, there are still, you know, plenty of loops to, to jump through and hoops to jump through to, and you need proposers and seconders. There's plenty of admin and who you know about it as well. The other option for me is, is it more cost effective to just pay green fees for a year? Mm-hmm. Because like if a golf club is looking for, I'm an under 30 member, 850 to a grand, is is like I'd have paid, I'd have to have to play like twenty five to thirty rounds of golf aside from my Kilkenny golf to get that kind of value. So the big the big question I, I would I would be asking myself and I am asking myself now is is it worth joining a club in Dublin this year? 
Yeah, um, I think a, a lot of people are probably asking themselves that question. I, I suppose, yeah, there is always the option of, you know, just playing Greenfield golf for the year, which, as we know, you can get incredible value for. Um, you know, uh, even, you know, society golf is another option for people or the old, you know, join a join a club down the country for, for nothing as a distance member to keep your handicap. Um, you know, you only have to play there three times in a year or whatever, and you get to play, you know, you can play open competitions everywhere for kind of 15, 20 quid on, on great golf courses. So there are, um, there are undoubtedly plenty of, plenty of different options. And I do think, like I say, from, you know, from people I know in, in my own place and that as well, that a lot of people are thinking along those lines and thinking, hang on, what's the point in me paying my annual subscription now when I don't know when I'll be able to get down to the golf club, when I can cancel it now, and then when clubs reopen, I'll evaluate my options then. And sure, you can even go back and join the club that you were in. <laughs> like, you're not, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll very likely just pay the same as a, you know, it's not, they're not going to turn you down. Um, well, I mean, obviously some clubs are, you know, keeping your members. It may not take too kindly to that. Yeah, well, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. There's a lot of, uh, you know, most places out there, from, from what I can tell, are happy enough to take in whoever. Obviously, it's different in, in some clubs, particularly around Dublin, where, um, you know, you're not getting a you're not getting a spot unless somebody unless somebody dies. But um, well, I mean, you know, you know yourself. Like a lot of the kind of older fashioned metropolitan clubs, like it, yeah. you know, it is the case. Like your the waiting lists there are pretty long. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the a lot of people, I suppose, would be thinking, well, hang on, I'm not going to get out for at least two three months here, particularly if you're a member in a course in another county. Cancel my membership and see what I'll do then when the when courses reopen because inevitably there will be you know countless great offers of places around I'll I'll remember our there was a there was a piece in Irish Golf magazine uh this week and it was titled Repaying the Faith to 2020 and it's along the lines of of your of your article Roy and there was a, a couple of tweets I had afterwards and I, I'll call it out it was a guy, a guy called Robert Bowman came back and it, I want to know which side of the fence you sit on on this because I actually sit on both sides of it, to be honest. I do agree with what he said, but um, the, the counter-argument is, is different um, in terms of the responsibility for the club. So he said, and um, is at Robert M. Bowen, the club is the members, call it a society of sorts, all chipping in in good times and bad, and can only reclaim revenue in future if it's actually still running. I'm disappointed in the can't play um want a refund mentality blind to cut to keep it afloat i am completely torn as to who looks after who in this instance yeah um yeah i'd be i'd be torn myself on that because it is i mean look a golf club is it is like it's like anything like i suppose you know what you what ideally it should be you know what you what you put in is the value that you get out of it like so you know for instance like in in blackbush for instance there was a motion passed at the agn that money instead of being reimbursed to people for last year is going to go into course development right so that's that's 
with me, fair enough with me and, and fair enough with obviously the majority because of the boat went through. And, you know, we get more value out of that now by um, from improvements in the course. Um, so there is definitely that aspect. Now, I suppose that, that tweet is going right, like, there's a, just a strange thing at the moment as well in that, like, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, who've been lucky enough to be fully employed throughout the pandemic are, you know, really, you know, have saved more money this year than probably have ever saved and are, you know, can, can pay their membership no problem at all. And that's great. But as we know, a lot of people in different industries, hospitality industry, obviously mainly, won't be in any sort of position to pay their membership this year. So, you know, probably wouldn't look too favorably on, on that, uh, on that tweet but I mean it it is it's a I do think you know golf membership isn't something that like I I, I wouldn't necessarily think it's something that like you know oh I'm paying for a service here and I need to get full value out of the service here or else I'm I'm looking for a refund it's like if you know if you're in a position to I would always think that it's 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 that kind of loyalty to the club or whatever that we that we mentioned you're paying a lot more than you're paying for a lot more than just the tangible kind of benefits of you know playing the golf course you're you're playing for you know the social aspect of it and and you know the fact that you can you know play for the club and inter-county things you have your handicap and inter-club things you have your handicap all of that sort of stuff so there's a lot more to it i suppose than just those kind of tangible benefits of, of just playing golf but I suppose the the side of the fence that people fall on on that tweet probably depends on the on their personal situation. Like I like you, you mentioned yourself there, Dave. I I can see both sides. You know, I, I can definitely see both sides of that. Depending, like I say, on 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 how people are set financially. Yeah, because they are the clubs themselves are businesses, and they would have their their staff would have if if they happen to be. To, to lose jobs during this and or temporary laid off were were in receipt of, of of any of the government aid that was there. And I think that there's an onus then on the clubs to and not not because I, I don't I don't know, it's just sense of duty to their members that if if the service that they're unable to provide is diminished, that <laughs> to get through the 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 bad side for the members who are equally in the same boat and, li and liable to, to have suffered the same misfortune brought on by the pandemic that there should be, I just feel it should be more that it's, 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 it is definitely a two-way street and you look after us and stay on as members and later on we, we repay that or vice versa. And, and that's just where, where I stand. And it's, but I, I do know that greens have to be cut. They have to be fertilized. They have to be maintained. And, and and stuff has to keep running. It's just where the I suppose who's the who's the load bearer for the cost of that. And it seems to be at the moment the member, or more line towards the member. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it does seem to be at the moment. And I suppose um, as we were saying before, um, you know, most clubs it seems to me are um, are kind of going down the route of. Um, that your your membership will run till the end of March next year or whatever you know kind of fifteen months for the price of twelve or whatever so you're not I, the member isn't actually really getting anything out of it because you know the course has been closed for for so many months anyway but it kind of feels like you're getting something out of it I suppose but from the club's point of view um from the club's point of view that doesn't you know they don't actually have to hand back any any uh, 
any cash. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do agree with you that it's, it is probably falling on the members somewhat at, at the moment. But as we've seen, you know, with closures and, and stuff like that, like golf clubs are expensive expensive businesses to to operate um and the main kind of point i suppose that people are making to me as well is that you know like when a golf course is closed there's no money coming in but there's still significant outlay and there's still significant money being spent um and then you also have to remember that even when clubs initially opened last year they were they were members only so like green fee revenue and society revenue last year was hit hugely for golf clubs and obviously great influx of members and stuff but green fee revenue and and society revenue for a lot of places just absolutely collapsed um i was talking to palmerstown house and um the pro there um was telling me that um you know they they have quite a lot of um corporate bookings throughout the year and um he said they were hit 95 percent last year so and that's a, a club he said they're kind of really looking to push their membership a little bit more over the next few years now um because yeah that that sort of green fee that um that previously was relied on it could be that sort of income sorry that that previously could be relied on really really took a hit last year yeah i can i can see both sides of it and but i, I would i would always make the argument that you know golf clubs for the most parts are businesses and they're as a business their mo is to generate revenue and whether the the olive branch that can be handed out to members could be a, a refunding kind which will be a you know here's x amount of euro credit for the bar or pro shop to try and incentivize members to hang out and spend more money at mm. the club at the golf club which would you know you feel like you're getting 25 quid bar tab but then you're realistically going to spend that and after one round buying a round of lunch and a few pints mm-hmm. and then you're going to spend more. So it's, I think, I think, I think the way it's like golf clubs are looking at it and trying to incentivize members to stay on needs to, needs to be looked at more than, more than just here's 12 months for the price of death. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if either, either your place did last year, but we did get, um like green fee vouchers and i've heard of a lot of clubs got green fee vouchers so um you know like that's again geez, that's 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 a lot better than nothing that's you know like because that's a good kind of line for the club to go down as well because then it means you know a lot of members are bringing in three other people who might not be members you never know a few of them might join um like you say you know they might go up to the clubhouse afterwards for a few drinks that sort of thing so I don't know. Listen, I don't, I don't. I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of of kind of running a business like that. But it, it, like stuff like that, stuff like bar credit, stuff like pro shop credit, like like you were mentioning, does seem to be a maybe. You know, it's it's. I would imagine a lot easier than just reimbursing people. And it's you know, it's just a, a nice gesture that people will uh, people will will take to. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Did did either of your clubs offer anything like that? We probably shouldn't say, which which tells you really. Uh, no, we yeah, we'll, just, we'll quickly skip on past the uh, the question as to whether we've got any vouchers or anything. <laughs> um, like, so when you when you were doing your research for these articles, did you have many golfers get in touch with you about the opposite? So like, have their clubs brought up prices? Because I've had guys say to me that their club have actually just 
brought the green the um the levy up considerably not just like you know 100 quid or two but like considerably yeah um yeah there have been there were a few um places that are members of courses that got on to me um yeah saying that they've they've had increases and um, a couple of kind of yeah a decent few kind of like established clubs i suppose that you'd maybe be a little bit surprised about um you know like that that, that wouldn't be kind of expected but um now would they actually start on that are they what you would term as touristy green yeah, fee courses that's, that's or mem- my or member courses no yeah. no um traditional member courses yeah that to me that's my strong blood. member courses yeah yeah um, that's bonkers i know that's, yeah that's a lot crazy. of a lot of people are yeah there, there was a fair few um just yeah individual members of different places getting getting back you know pretty pretty annoyed um at, at actually being asked to pay more and point we were mentioning as well i suppose that we all would have felt last year is the difficulty in getting on timesheets and um, the difficulty in actually getting to play even when the course was open um like you know i i, I know in our, in our own place um i play most saturday mornings kind of half eight um saturday competition and the timesheet for that would open six days previously so sunday at 7 a.m and i mean if you weren't you know, on on the timesheet at seven a.m. on a Sunday, you just weren't getting in. So there was a good period last summer where every Sunday morning, like if you set the alarm for five to seven, you know, go on on the timesheet and the phone, and and immediately as soon as it hits seven o'clock, every time every slot is locked, and you just you just have, you, you know you really have to get in there quick. It's a massacre. Um, it, like getting on a timesheet is like Game of Thrones or no Hunger Games stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, and I suppose. Look, that's where a lot of people's frustrations have come from as well. I saw, you know, people did get back to me saying, you know, that they, they're not paying their annual subscription this year because they don't know when they'll get to play. And also because last year they barely got to play. So, you know, some, some places, um, some places more than others, obviously places with larger memberships. There's, you know, there's, there's plenty of clubs around, around Dublin, um, you know, just that just have 18 holes and have well over a thousand members. And I, I wouldn't even like to know how difficult it is to get on to those timesheets. Like it was hard enough in our own place, which is kind of the seven, 800 member mark. Um, so in, in, in your, in your likes of, you know, um, Grange and, and, um, Dunleary and, and Malahide and stuff like that, which all have, you know, decent bit over a thousand members. I, 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 I wouldn't like to know, like I say, it's, it's, hard that's in one word hard to get onto mm. a timesheet but i the well maybe the one part that we could wrap it up because we've kept you for probably longer than we thought as well like we i can't well i said the the idea of members clubs coming back with increases is is beyond me i, I just can't understand that because nothing will rile a members group as much but did you hear anything from the likes of the heavily i suppose the trophy tourist courses out west i'm talking about like I know the Hinch came out were very vocal about the amount of money that they were losing and it is into the millions that they've yeah. lost from green fee revenue. Um what's happening with that kind of a place at the moment? Yeah, that's that's a I suppose a, another strand of it. And I looked at, I haven't looked at it yet, but hopefully we'll get to look at it again. But I, I looked at it kind of halfway through last year um, and spoke to a few places and like that's re- like really, really, really heavily hit. Um 
I spoke to um, Bally Bunyan. So Bally Bunyan, you know, as we know, is kind of particular favorite of the American uh, visitor. And, um, you know, I mean, you're talking 90% of, of their of their play is international green fee um, uh, visitors, or if, if not more. And, um, you know, this whole year wiped out and what he was, um, what they were, what they were, what the club was saying to me is that, um, you know, they were. This was must have been June, July last year. I was talking to them, and what they were saying to me is that, you know, we're just really, really hoping for twenty twenty one. We're fully booked again for twenty twenty one. You know, they're booked fully booked twelve months in advance. Fully, you know, block booked April to September. Four balls, thousand euro a line, two hundred fifty quid per person. You know, along with whatever people then spend in the pro shop and the bar, caddies, everything. Like the yeah, the money is just absolutely huge. And like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's there aren't going to be playing loads of Americans coming in to play Valley Bunyan in April or May or June or who knows if at all this year. Um, so yeah, it's th- those places. Uh, it's it's tricky for them um, very very tricky now I mean I suppose they you know they're most of those places will be debt free you know they're they'd be in good pretty good financial situations you know uh, you when you're taking in that sort of money um but at the same time there's very very little you know for your regular club as we've been talking about you have your you know your membership to fall back on and when you're when there's very very little of that um, that's when things start to get really, really difficult, especially because, as we know, I mean, they're, they're some of the best golf courses in the world. They're maintained to incredible standards, so it costs a hell of a lot of money to keep them up to those standards. Um, and yeah, those it's it's going to be it's going to be very tough. Like last year was very tough for those places. Twenty twenty one is going to be it, it, look. We don't know what's going to happen, but potentially could be could be really really difficult. I, it's funny, I, I think every time I hear now, I suppose the newly formed Golf Ireland piece around the increase in participation, I feel that it's a very thin layer of plaster over an enormous crack. And I just feel that that crack's just going to get bigger now at this stage. It, it, like from reading your article, I wouldn't be overly, um, there's a bit of kind of air trepidation about what's going to happen. I feel, and I don't feel enormously positive about it. Unfortunately, I wish it did. Yeah, yeah, that that's that is, yeah. Um, I I suppose it's it's yeah. It's as you mentioned earlier. It's kind of maybe twenty twenty two. That places will be fearful. We're not fearful, but places would be kind of looking looking towards more. Um, yeah, I don't. To be brutally honest, like. You know, there is, as I've said, there is a great opportunity for golf here mm. in, in, in participation rates and all of that sort of stuff. I just feel like over the last six months or so, a lot of people have said have been saying that, but like not really that much has been. Yeah, done you're waiting, yeah, you're waiting exactly. for this this big opportunity and someone's gonna come in and do this and it's gonna be great. And St. Margaret's came out and they said they're doing all this investment. Yeah. And that kind of is this is this participation tide that increases will it float all boats or will it float a few and Dublin clubs will thrive because there's a million and a half people there and then because yeah. you see you see a lot of um 
like the likes of Ballybunion and a lot of Western courses, Lynx courses offering overseas memberships, mm-hmm. but like a great way to get like Irish golfers to play those courses because obviously international travels is like not going to be to the same scale for a couple of years. Offering dif- distance membership to members on you know the east coast to west coast golf clubs whereas then you're trying to encourage buddy trips and, and the likes around ireland that's you know make the most of your increased participation that way mm. yeah and I suppose a lot of those kind of a lot of those courses did do very significantly reduced deals last year for for domestic um for you know players or golfers with gui membership and um you know they will be again this year and i suppose if if Whenever golf courses do reopen, if if anybody wants to play those courses, like you're not going to get a better chance, and um, mm. just give them a ring, and they, they they you know they're doing they really are doing good good offers. Now's the time, I suppose, to to um to make the most of it. But yeah, as look as 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 we said, uh, it it just feels like there is this great chance, and there is significantly increased participation. But you know, is it is it is it going to be capitalized on? We'll, we'll, we'll know a lot more, I suppose, maybe in 12 months time. So have you got a trip then planned with a few of your mates to go take advantage <laughs> of the quieter courses once they reopen? Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough. For, for oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. um, uh, got down to a couple last year. So yeah, it's, it's the time to, to, to get it. If you can, yeah. I suppose. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I've been I had been in Donegal for lock, the, the first lockdown and everyone like from Ballyliffin to Port Salon, Narn, Donegal, all offered forty quid rates to other members for now they were the championship courses as well. So look, wow. th- there is stuff there. So um hopefully okay, you feel me with a bit more confidence. <laughs> But hey, Rory, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It took a while, but we got there. Listen, mm-hmm. Rory Croak from the Irish Times, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Cheers, a bit longer than we thought, but uh, great to have you. Thanks very much, Les. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. 